You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a But don't be afraid. That's why we give you Weekend Fantasy Update. Woohoo! Here are your hosts, Joe Galina, Frank Stample, and Mike Florio. And we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update Week 17 in the NFL. Juggling along with Frankie Stample, we're breaking down Week 17 matchups. Telling you who uh, we like and uh, who you might consider using in a DFS lineup as well. Hopefully uh, you're not playing in a season-long fantasy championship, but if you are, good luck. <laughs> and uh, like I said before, maybe you should petition your commissioner maybe to... Uh, have your season end in week 16, Frankie. Yeah, you know, if you had a team that had Le'Veon Bell, mm. Kareem Hunt, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, <laughs> you have none of those players yeah. in week 17. So this is exactly why we say it each and every year. Don't play in week 17. Mm-hmm. Have your season-long leagues end in week 16. If you need that fix, just play DFS in week 17. There you go. There you go. Uh, Falcons versus Panthers. Uh, don't forget, I uh, just want to remind you, next segment, Ryan Talbot, beat writer for the Bills, will be joining us talking Bills football. But uh, Falcons need to beat the Panthers to clinch a uh, wild-card spot, right? Yes, they do. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is going to be, I think it's going to be a close game. The Panthers have something to play for as well. As you mentioned, they could still win a bye. They could still move yeah. up to the second seed Amazing, in the right? NFC. So they are playing for something as well. I think this is going to be a very competitive game throughout. And very similar to the Packers, as we've mentioned earlier on, the Panthers' defense, while they are very, very stout up front, they have a good line, they have a good linebacker crew as well. Secondary against wide receivers has struggled all year long. I mentioned the inconsistency in Julio Jones. He is in my DFS Week 17 lineup. I think if they have any chance of winning this game, the Falcons, that is, it's going to be on the back of Julio Jones. Mm -hmm. So I expect him to have a monster week if you've made it this Last home game against the Panthers, 12 catches, 300 yards receiving, and a touchdown. So that's pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad, right? Just three touchdowns on this season, and like uh, Frankie said, he's been a little inconsistent. But uh, I agree with him. I mean, uh, almost like uh, somebody that you build your DFS lineup around. Yep, that's something I've already done. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if you need to get up there to pay to pay up for him, Mm -hmm. I mentioned Kenny Galladay. I have him in my lineup as well. So you pay down somewhere else. You have some other replacement level guys that you get in there too. Malcolm Brown of the Rams mm-hmm. as well, so that's another one. We'll get into him a little yeah. bit later on. Uh, but, you know, sticking with the Falcons, Devontae Freeman, the workload, I think, is going to be there, but a little bit of a tougher matchup. Yeah. Aside from that game against the Saints where the, they ran all over the Panthers, the Saints have been very, very strong. Yeah. I believe they haven't allowed more than 77 rushing yards in each of the last three games. Yeah. So that's a telling stat to just how good they are I mean, against running Lately, backs. they've been giving up more yards per carry, but still the... Overall yards per game has been yep. under 100. Uh, and they the don't pack. give up a lot of touchdowns to right. running backs either. So, yeah. Matty Ryan, yay or nay? Not really. Okay. I don't want to do that. All I right. just I think it's just going to be him and Julio Jones. But All right, when we come back, Ryan Talbot, beat writer for the Bills. We'll be talking some Bills football. Yeah, they have a chance to make the playoffs. That's right. You're listening to Weekend Fantasy Update.
Playing daily fantasy basketball this year? Consider Daily Roto your go-to resource. Whether you play on DraftKings or FanDuel, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. With a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, there's no better place to get your NBA DFS content. Better yet, you can save 10% using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyroto.com slash premium and learn more about our awesome product. Welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend a Fantasy Update. Joe Galina along with Frankie Cheech Stanfield, Pete Costadori producing our show, and I'm very happy to have a special guest with us. Uh, we've spoken to him before. You've heard him uh, on the network with us. Uh, Ryan Talbot, uh, Bill's writer for NewYorkUp.com. Uh, you could follow him at Ryan Talbot Bills. That's T A L B O T Bills. Uh, Ryan, uh, thanks for joining us uh, on this uh, Saturday, uh, this weekend. Uh, Happy New Year to you, buddy. Uh, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, guys. All right. Well, we have some some uh, exciting stuff to talk about regarding the Bills, right? I mean, they have an opportunity to make the playoffs for the first time since uh, 1999. We're keeping our fingers crossed. Uh, uh, our co-host, who's not here, to, but he's a Big, big Bills fans. So, um, Bills were very competitive uh, against the Bills in the first half of last week's game. Uh, I mean, they should have had a lead uh, heading into halftime, but uh, Kelvin Benjamin's touchdown was surprisingly overturned. But who the heck knows what a catch is and a touchdown is these days, right? Uh, we could do a whole show on that, uh, how the Pats are always on the right side of the calls. But for now... I want to ask you bluntly, what the heck happened on that play? I mean, it seemed to be uh, the turning point in that game. Yeah, you know, it, it looks like in New York they, they really overanalyzed the play. <laughs> right. Uh, I, I think they really went frame by frame by frame to look as, as carefully as possible to see, did he have possession, did he have his two feet in, where, you know, the Bills owner Terry Pagula came out and said, that's not really what replay was, was made for. It was mm-hmm. made for wait a minute, that ball looks like it bounced off the turf before that guy caught it. Or he only got one foot in, it's clear his other foot was out and they got it wrong. It's not meant to go slow frame by frame where the director of officiating said it was a clear call, but if you were watching that game live, that replay took, what, five minutes? Mm -hmm. Uh, It it really slowed the game down. I know it was right before halftime, but it did. It kind of slowed all momentum that the Bills had. They should have gone into the half with the lead. They came back out. They they had another scoring drive there that resulted in a field goal. I mean, the, the Bills played the Patriots tight for about three quarters. Um, Patriots obviously pulled away late in the game. Um, but but it shows you that this team is growing. And I know you look at the final score, they lost by 21 points. But Sean McDermott's first year, he really does not have a pass rusher. Uh, the Bills have really struggled in that regard. If he can get someone that can really get after the quarterback next year, then you look at that secondary that's already played great despite having zero pass rush. They should be better. He's going to revamp the entire linebacker uh, core other than Matt Milano, it looks like, going into next year. So he's really doing a lot with a lot less than what Rex Ryan may have had or what previous coaching regimes had. So I'm very impressed with how this team has played this season. 
Hey Ryan, hey, Frank Stanfield here, and before we get into some of the fantasy questions for kind of a year in review for the Buffalo Bills, I wanted to uh, ask you, they, have, they need a lot to break right this week. They are the only sports team in, across the, the four major uh, sports to not make the playoffs in this millennium. They need either the Ravens to lose or both the Titans and the Chargers to lose, and the Bills need to win. So do they end the drought? Are they still playing football this time next weekend? Well, that's a great question. <laughs> you know, I, I think the Bills are going to handle their own business this weekend. I, I'll go that far. I think the Bills will defeat the Dolphins. Um, I, I think that you're not going to – I don't think there's going to be much crowd support for the Dolphins tomorrow, especially because they pushed the game back to 425. You're talking New Year's Eve. Um, there's, I guess there's a Billy Joel concert in the area. There's, it's Miami. There's going to be a lot of parties going on. So I, I'm wondering how many Dolphins fans are going to show up for a meaningless game. Um, I think the Bills fans who travel very well and have a lot of support in Florida will be there. I, I think it's going to feel almost like a home game to the Bills, just a lot warmer this time of year. So I, I think they handle their business. But you're right. I, I, I can't – I don't know if, if the other chips are going to fall their way. Um, Cincinnati played decently last week, so could I see them trying to uh, knock off the Ravens? Yeah, I could see it. The Ravens didn't impress me last week against the Colts, to be quite honest. I thought that Jacoby Brissett was able to march up and down the field on them quite a few times, not always necessarily ending in scores, but they moved the ball well. So I think that the Bengals' offense can can be successful. I think that maybe they're going to be playing for a little bit um, in what should be Marvin Lewis's last game as their head coach, so maybe send their coach out with the win. That's the easiest path uh, to the playoffs. The Jaguars have already said that they're not going to rest their starters, supposedly, so I could see them defeating the Titans. But can the Raiders defeat the Chargers is the million-dollar question in that mm-hmm. scenario. The one thing I'll say about the Raiders is ever since they've changed their defensive coordinator, they are playing much better on that side of the ball. Um, so, again, all three are divisional matchups. Maybe there's that extra motivation. But I, you don't know what's going to happen outside of Buffalo. There's going to be a lot of scoreboard watching. But I, I will say I think the Bills will handle their business. They'll pick up their ninth win of the season, and then they'll just kind of wait and see what happens in those other games. I'm going to ask you this question kind of tongue-in-cheek, but uh, why do the Bills hate Tyrod Taylor? I mean, if not for his benching in that Chargers game back in Week 11, I mean, the Bills could be in a completely different scenario right now. You know, <laughs> that's a, that's a fair. It's a fair question, and that's the that's the talking point a lot this week. Is if he had played against the Chargers, maybe they've already they'd already be controlling their destiny uh, this week. But if you watch that game, yeah, Tyrod Taylor could have eluded some of that pressure, but the Bills could not block Joey Bosa that game. Bosa was just having a field day against that offensive line. So I think Taylor would have been running a lot, throwing the ball away a lot. Uh, it, and it's tough because Tyrod Taylor is the best option the Bills have. He's probably the best quarterback they've had during the playoff drought, minus Drew Bledsoe, uh, he, who had one really prolific year in 2004 with the Bills. But at the same time, there are limitations to Tyrod Taylor. Uh, he, he does lead a lot of three-and-out drives. He, he does – their drives do stall offensively a lot when you get down into the red zone and they have to settle for field goals. You know, the, the Buffalo's first half against Miami, I would say, was probably their best half of football the entire year when they scored, put up 21 points. And you haven't seen that consistently enough. They'll, they'll get maybe 13 points or 10 points or 6 points. 
they're settling for too many field goals this year, and that doesn't all fall on Tyrod Taylor. Some of it falls on Rick Dennison. Some of it falls on the wide receivers um, and, and not having maybe the talent that he needs. But at the same time, they're, they're in a tricky spot with Taylor because if you want to commit to him long-term, you're talking really big money. That's, mm-hmm. It's just the way it is the NFL these days. Um, but at the same time, I think the Bills are saying, well, wait a minute. We don't necessarily want to commit to this guy long-term if we can maybe trade up and get one of the, the big three in the draft this year. Or maybe they'll say maybe this offense is better suited for a guy like Alex Smith, who if Rick Dennison stays, this offense is better suited for a guy like Alex Smith. They could trade for him. Mm-hmm. Um, there's going, you know, Who knows what happens with Kirk Cousins? Does he hit the market? Do the Bills even try to make a play for him? That's a lot of money there. So I think they're really going to go into this offseason. They're going to hold on to his rights as long as possible, maybe trade him, maybe re- release him if they do draft their their franchise quarterback. But they, they don't want to commit long-term to him because he does have a limited ceiling. So uh, the way you're talking, it sounds like maybe they uh, – I mean, Nathan Peterman – uh, is not their they don't consider him the quarterback of the future, I guess, based on his performance this season? I, I don't think he was ever considered necessarily to be their their quarterback of the future. I think they, they found a guy in the fifth round that they said we like his skill set. We think he could develop into maybe a, a spot starter, maybe into a starter, but you're not going to find very many franchise quarterbacks at that point of the draft. Um I think that he could end up being a successful spot starter, like I was saying, or a successful backup, and you need guys like that. There, there's a reason that a guy like Matt Moore, who the Bills, you know, he'll probably be inactive tomorrow for the season finale, but there's a reason he's been in the NFL so long. He's a reliable backup. Mm-hmm. Peterman can do certain things. We saw in that Colt, the first half against the Colts before he went out with an injury, he made two great passes to Kelvin Benjamin before halftime that resulted in a touchdown for the Bills. Uh, and he obviously had the disastrous start against the Chargers, too. But they're not going – I would be shocked, I guess I should say. I shouldn't say they're not going to. But I would be shocked if they tied their wagon to Nathan Peterman next year. I think that they're really going to go all in for a quarterback in this year's draft. They have five picks in the first three rounds that they can package and, and work with. They can work with the pick next year, uh, whatever they need to do. If, if there's a guy that they love that doesn't go number one overall to the Browns, because who knows what the Browns will do um, – then I think they're going to try to trade up and get their guy. And if not, I think they'll be very active in either free agency or, or via trade to try to find someone that fits their offense. Great stuff uh, from Ryan Talbot. You could follow him on Twitter, at Ryan Talbot Bills. Uh, we're rooting for the Bills. We always root for the underdog, right? It'd be nice to see them back in the playoffs, uh, Ryan. Uh, appreciate appreciate you taking some time out, and Happy New Year to you. We'll talk to you, uh, to you again. Yes, Happy New Year to you guys. Thank you. Uh, A little Iron Man takes us out. Great stuff from Ryan Talbot. We'll be back breaking down more of Week 17 in the NFL. You're listening to Weekend Fantasy Update. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. 
The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source 24 hours a day. And we're back with the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. It's New Year's Weekend, Week 17 in the NFL. Breaking down some of the matchups, giving you a take. Some of the better players uh, that you would use if you're still playing in season long, but also uh, taking a focus on uh, some of the players that might be uh, better suited for a DFS lineup. And uh, we're uh, talking now a little Saints at Buccaneers action uh, and uh, you got uh, Mike Evans going up against Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, Lattimore, rookie cornerback for the Saints, has yet to allow a touchdown in his coverage so far. Yeah, we still have seen some wide receivers get the best of him at times. Uh, Julio Jones. It's crazy to me that Julio Jones, in such a tough, tough matchup against Marshawn Lattimore, has been able to excel at times this year. It seems like he almost plays up to the competition, mm-hmm. but then when he has these big, uh, good matchups that we're looking forward to against like the Buccaneers, he'll put up a dud. Nice. Uh, so it, it just surprises me. Um, getting back to Julio Jones, but it was about Marshawn Lattimore, how L- Lattimore has you know, struggled against some of top-tier wide receivers. So I think Mike Evans is gunning for trying to get that 1,000-yard season. I know he's close to it. Uh, Just looking it up right now, he has 946, so he needs 54 yards. I think that's fairly safe. Um, I I think Jameis Winston has been playing pretty well, aside from the fumbles. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah. Overall, would you say that Evans' season was... Successful was he? No, like towards a bust. I mean, yes, I mean bust. he was basically a, a late first rounder, wasn't he? Maybe he, even a mid range first yeah. rounder. He was drafted as a top five wide receiver, yeah. and as of right now, he is wide receiver eighteen. So yeah. that is not. I know he personally cost me, yeah, uh, you know, a chance to advance in my in one of my season long leagues. So uh, it's just been another one of these inconsistent kind of players. I mean, when you look at also uh, in terms of his touchdown production, way off this year. Yeah, I think there was what a five, six game drought where he didn't score a touchdown. Yeah, so, six. Yeah, so that that was a huge. And seven of his last eight, he hasn't scored. Yet. Yeah, and he didn't have a one hundred yard game until last week. Yeah, that was so, his first one. Yeah, six for one hundred seven. So if you're not getting big yardage games and you're not getting touchdowns, that's all a recipe mm-hmm. for him not living up to what we expected mm-hmm. out of him. So I mean, for, for you know, a lot of people consider him, I guess, semi elite, but th- that catch rate of you know mid to low fifties. Overall, now, it's been consistently in that range. To me, that's not elite. No, it certainly isn't. And I don't want to put the blame all on him because he had to deal with Ryan Fitzpatrick mm-hmm. as his quarterback for part of the season. Jameis Winston's been in and out of the lineup. Uh, but we thought coming into the year that the catch percentage would go up, that mm-hmm. maybe the, the targets, the volume of targets would go down, but the quality of his targets would be much better because he has 
players around him to take some defensive attention away, like mm-hmm. a Deshaun Jackson, Cameron Bray, even O.J. Howard had some big plays this year. So we thought all of those things combined would kind of help Mike Evans. He's going to be a very, very polarizing player come next year, yeah. trying to figure out if uh, which Mike Evans are we going to get, the Mike mm-hmm. Evans from 2017 or the right. Mike Evans from 2016. Uh, as for just Week 17, DFS, I think he's just a middle-of-the-pack starter. I, I Wide receiver, two for me, I don't feel strongly either way about him. He could struggle against Lattimore, mm-hmm. or he could be fired up because he's trying to go for 1,000 yards, and he's coming off his first 100-yard game of the season. Right. Now, this game has some uh, implications uh, playoff-wise for the Saints. They can clinch the NFC South title with a victory over the Bucks. Uh So... I mean, we've talked a lot on the network, and deservedly so, about Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara, just how great they've been. And uh, I guess as we kind of you know, wrap up and review uh, end of season, you think that maybe, can this ever be duplicated? Just how, you know, both of them are just, you could put them in the same lineup every single week. I mean, it's almost like unfathomable you know that this is can this be repeated where ingram and kamara could both coexist and be so fantasy relevant well let's call it what it is perfect it's scary yeah it's scary joe and this is something that greg and i have spoke about a little bit this week is that alvin kamara and marking her if they're on the saints come next year again and drew Brees comes back for another season mm-hmm. which i don't see why both, he wouldn't yeah. they're both going to be first round picks mm-hmm. and it's scary yeah. two running backs from the same team wow being first round picks, and I looked into Alvin Kamara a little bit. Mm-hmm. He is a he's the third best running back in PPR this year mm-hmm. with only 111 carries. Right, that kind of volume is scary to me. I know he has 75 receptions, so for PPR he's going to be safe. But I'm a little scared. I, I think he is too big play he's, dependent. It's yeah, kind of scary. The touchdowns. I mean, 12 touchdowns in his 15 yeah. games. You know, it kind of almost reminds you of maybe what Tevin Coleman had done. It reminded me a lot of Chris Thompson from early yeah. on in the year that he doesn't touch the ball enough to predict getting these touchdowns every single week. Yeah. It almost seems fluky, and I don't want to say that. I don't mm-hmm. want to take every, anything away from Alvin Kamara because mm-hmm. I think he is uber talented. You watch the guy play; he's very, very fast. He's an amazing receiver. We've seen him hurdle players. Mm-hmm. Uh, the talent is there. There's no doubt about it. I just worry that you're going to use a first-round pick on a guy who might carry the ball 140 times next mm-hmm, year. Mm-hmm. So to me, that is a little bit scary. I think I would take the shot on like a Kareem Hunt who will get 250 to 300 touches mm-hmm. come next year. So to me, that just seems a little bit safer. Do you think he's going to be more valuable in PPR absolutely. than in standard, right? Yes, okay. absolutely. Because, because of that volume of carries. Mm-hmm. That that's kind of up in the air right now, uh, but you know I've seen people on Twitter. Adam Rank, he does great work for the NFL Network. He said if he had first overall pick next year, as of right now, he would take Alvin Kamara. I don't think I would. I don't <laughs> think I would either. I don't. I don't think it's close to be a, honest. Do you have somebody in mind? Like let's say if I said okay, we'll, Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley. Okay. I think there's a consensus top four running backs mm-hmm. going into next year where it's Todd Gurley, Still Le'Veon, Bell. Le'Veon Bell, Ezekiel Elliott, David Johnson. Mm-hmm. Those are your workhorse guys. Those are Any guys that are going to touch David the Johnson? ball. In a way, I was thinking about this, you know, uh, before the show. And are you scared because he's coming off an injury? But hey, there were even rumors that it sounds like if the Cardinals really needed him, he could probably come back. Yeah, I'm not scared. You look at the guy; he's an absolute freak. Mm -hmm. He's a freak of nature. uh, And even if they have a new quarterback situation, that doesn't honestly that doesn't worry me. Even if they're going in there with a rookie, or you know, they pick up one of these guys off free agency and Alex Smith, something like that. Maybe even a Case Keenum, just kind of a stopgap. I think that'll give them even more 
to want to feed him mm-hmm. the ball. So I, I trust David Johnson 100%. If you ask me, we kind of went over this a little bit on the BFFs. I think Alvin Kamara is in the 8-12 range. Mm-hmm. I would even put some of the wide receivers. I would put Antonio Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, and then Kareem Hunt over him. Mm-hmm. So that's seven players that I've named ready who I trust. As of right now, a lot can change in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Maybe Mark Ingram ends up somewhere else, and then yeah. Alvin Kamara is by himself. If that's the case, then yeah, he's the number one pick. Right. But as of right now, I think he's in that kind of 8-9-ish range. Finishing up this game, uh, Michael Thomas has a good matchup uh, against uh, Ryan Smith. And Thomas has been coming on. Uh, he gave me a little scare <laughs> uh, last week, but I ended up still starting. He had a decent uh, week. But uh, is, you know, how strongly do you feel about Michael Thomas this week? Strong enough to put him in a DFS lineup? Or are you still worried about maybe a little bit of those uh, that lingering hamstring issue? Uh, creeping up there. Yeah, I am a little bit worried about that. And kind of the worry that I've had all year is that I don't think the Saints are going to have to throw the ball all that much in this game. I think it could be a lot of Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara once again. The Bucks have played better, to, to their credit. Uh, they've been competitive the past couple of weeks. Um, so if, if that's the case, maybe we see a little bit more. But me personally, he's not a guy that I'm actively seeking out. If you're playing in Week 17 season long, he's in your lineup oh, yeah. because it's a good matchup mm-hmm. against the Bucks. Uh, but I'm not sure how much they're going to ask him to do. I think Ted Ginn's kind of a sneaky play here. All right. Let's move on. Titans versus Jaguars. Titans playing for a playoff spot. They've lost three straight. Uh, what could you say about the Titans? Mariota took a big step back this season, right? 12 touchdowns, 15 INTs. Uh, DeMarco Murray's going to be out. Derrick Henry a DFS Fire play? Up. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, I, I believe he's under $6,000 on DraftKings. I could look that up. Uh, but I tweeted it out earlier in the week. In games where he has... 11 or more carries, he's averaging over 5.5 yards per carry. Mm-hmm. So he's he's gotten the job done when they give him a little bit more of a workload. And I still think the Titans are uh, a run-first team with a pretty good offensive line. So I, I think he's going to get 20-plus touches in this game. I don't care that it's the Jaguars. I think he meets that value in both uh, seasonal and DFS if you play in this Do week. you think that next year he finally is going to be you know, the primary back from game one, or do you think that they, the uh, Titans still stick with a little DeMarco Murray in there as well? What I want to happen, what I think will happen, are two different things. Mm-hmm. I think DeMarco Murray will still be there, and I think it's going to probably be a headache again. Um, what I want to happen is that they just go with a youth movement. Yeah. You drafted Corey Davis. Yeah. Marcus Mariota is still a very young quarterback. You drafted Derrick Henry very early. I think it's time to just roll those guys out there. Let them grow together. Let them all play together. Let him be your workhorse running back. If you want to bring in a you know a third down back, a mm-hmm. pass catcher, that's fine. I don't think that's something that Derrick Henry um, excels at. Mm-hmm. But I think he should be that first and second down goal line back coming into next year. Will it happen? Probably not the way that things go in fantasy football. Well, I'm with you. Uh, Derrick Henry, I think, is a great DFS play. And I'm with you. I'd like to see the youth movement take you know, place uh, next season for the Titans. Uh, Jags, their run defense has been better, especially since they traded for Marcel Darius uh, from the Bills. But as of late, 4.33 yards per carry over the last five games. So Henry, it's not like a slam dunk that he's not going to have a good game. And uh, Jags had given up two touchdowns to San Francisco running backs last week. Jags. Pretty much 
already clinched the AFC South title. Nothing to play for. No Marquise Lee. Anyone here? Uh, I mean, Fournette. Uh, I mean, I'm kind of worried about Fournette in terms of maybe plays a quarter and then yeah. doesn't play anymore. I mean, he's been kind of yeah. shaky in terms of health-wise as well. And they need him. They mm-hmm. need him for the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, and Doug Marone has come out and said they're going to play this game normally, but mm-hmm. I don't really buy it. Marquise Lee already ruled out. Alan Hearn's not going to play again. So you're looking at D.D. Westbrook. I think Keelan Cole is mm-hmm. a guy that you can count on if you're yeah. playing in DFS. Uh, outside of him, mm-hmm. I don't really like anything on the Jaguar side. I wouldn't be surprised if they uh, bench some of the defensive players at some point in this game, too. It would make sense. All right, we'll come back with more. We're going to break down more of Week 17 Fantasy Football. you got Joe Glenn, you got Frankie Cheat Stample. You're listening to Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. If you're playing daily fantasy basketball on DraftKings or FanDuel this NBA season, you need to sign up for Daily Roto. Built by a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. Better yet, you can save 10% off using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyroto.com backslash premium to learn more about their product. Now we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend a Fantasy Update. Joe Lena, Frankie Cheech Stample, Pete Consigliari producing our show. Pete. Yo. What are you doing for uh, New Year's Eve? Anything uh, exciting? Not a clue. I know, I know you're going to be uh, here tomorrow. I'll be, I'll be on air as well, uh, starting at 4 tomorrow. Uh, after you leave here, nothing exciting? Uh, yeah. Wreaking havoc? Or, nah, you know. I'll be, uh, I don't know. I'll either be at my girlfriend's uh, place or uh, I may go to a friend's party. I don't know. I'm, I'm, everything's you, up You have air. options. Which I is, have a couple options. Yeah. If I want to do them, I mm-hmm. don't know. I'm a lazy person, so it right. depends how I feel after work. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, you're welcome to come over to my house if you want some Chinese food. That, and, that sounds amazing, Joe. Right, that's Thank great. you. <laughs> okay. uh, Frankie, let's go uh, talk about this barn burner of a game, Colts versus Texans. Uh, boy. Uh, no, do, you, <laughs> do no, we have to? Yeah, no, we'll, we'll just you know, talk for a minute and then go on to the next game. Uh, no DeAndre Hopkins. Does that mean uh, you're more comfortable putting in a Will Fuller? I mean, uh, what do you got, TJ Yates in here uh, as the uh, Texans quarterback? Yeah. It's like, you know, almost like you want to just avoid this whole situation. Yeah, that's fair. I think he's a decent value in DFS. I think he's $4,300 on DraftKings. So with no DeAndre Hopkins there, we know that typically he is the target monster here. So mm-hmm. if TJ Yates has to lean on somebody, mm-hmm. probably going to be Will Fuller in a pretty good matchup against yeah. the Colts secondary. So mm-hmm. I think that there are worse plays than him. Mm-hmm. I think he's a solid wide receiver three this week. I think he has some upside as well, uh, but definitely some volatility. I wouldn't be surprised one bit if he let you down. Uh, on the other side here... I think T.Y. Hilton is decent yeah, against the Houston him. Texans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They've also struggled against wide receivers, mm-hmm. uh, and we know how kind of boomer bust he is. Uh, so maybe he wants to end, end the season on a bang there. Right. What do you think about uh, Lamar Miller, what, what we've gotten out of him this season? I mean, uh, uh, last season, uh, I believe it was PPR, RB16. This season, RB13. I mean, 3.7 yards per carry, three rushing, three receiving touchdowns. I mean, just basically... 
uh, a meh kind of uh, season for him. Yeah. Right? I mean, he's very, very steady. Yeah. For where you drafted him, mm-hmm. that was kind of the you range you drafted him. You know what his floor him. is, right? You, 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 you know what you're getting. You drafted him at, and as RB, you know, maybe 13 through 15, something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And he finished RB 13 in PPR. Yeah. So he did what you asked him to do. There wasn't a tremendous amount maybe, maybe of Maybe I should upside. have asked for more then if he, if he did right. <laughs> <laughs> he, gave, he gave you just what you wanted. He had a solid floor. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of annoying at times. We we saw running backs come in on the goal line in the red zone to kind of keep him fresh. I think that's the goal of what they were trying to do. That's why they used some other running backs in the red zone. Uh, but it was frustrating from a touchdown standpoint. He only scored. He had three rushing and three receiving. So mm-hmm. six total. I yeah. think like a lot of the options in this offense, the loss of Deshaun Watson mm-hmm. really hurt him because yeah. when they had Watson in there, they were getting down the field more and we saw Lamar Miller we'll have some big games. Next week, maybe try to recap more because we're going through games and we're yes. not recapping as much as we as we uh, would like, but yes. you, you bring up some good names like Deshaun Watson. Like next year, where does he go in drafts, and and He's what kind of a discount an, do you get on uh, an Andrew Luck, who's now starting to throw the ball a little bit already? Uh, you know, T. Y. Hilton. Are you going to get a little bit of a discount on him because of just? I mean, you, we know he's still a very capable wide receiver, but uh, our newbies going to look at his numbers and kind of like shy away. <laughs> so yeah, we're going to talk. Happen. We'll try to get into that uh, within the next week or so. Uh, but let's move on. Steelers, Browns. Do the Browns go to zero and sixteen? I think so. <laughs> yeah, I think even the likes of Landry Jones and yeah. Stephen Ridley. Uh, we mentioned at the top of the show, yeah. Big Ben, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown are out in yeah. this game. I wouldn't expect to see much of Juju, if any at all, mm-hmm. or Martavis Bryant if they're resting some of the other big names. Is Stephen Ridley like a sneaky play? I mean, this is a guy. You know, he hasn't been around much, but uh, remember, he rushed for over 1,200 yards and scored 12 touchdowns for the Patriots a few years back. I mean, could could this guy just come out of nowhere against the Browns? I mean, Browns, uh, their run defense is overall has been good, but they had that little period where it wasn't. So, I mean, I don't know. What do you think about him? Anything? Yeah, I think he's sneaky. Uh, he's definitely super cheap. I could look up how much he costs. Uh, or not. Mm. So he's definitely super cheap. I wonder if they get Fitzgerald Toussaint in there a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but from what I've heard, it's going to be Stephen Ridley. Uh, Landry Jones, I think if you're playing DFS, I wouldn't use him in anything outside of a tournament mm-hmm. because while he does have some upside, last year when he played in Week 17 against the Browns, mm-hmm. once again, he had 277 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. Right. So he definitely, definitely outplayed his salary then. He has a chance to do that again against a porous Browns defense, uh, but definitely could go. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes out there and lays a stinker. Yeah. So that's why he's kind of a tournament option where maybe some people will be off him, but he has some kind of upside mm-hmm. to outperform this. Uh, so I think it's just really him and Steven Ridley who are some of those replacement options that we mentioned that if you're trying to save some salary, mm-hmm. these are the guys you're looking at. Vikings versus Bears. Uh, Vikes are playing for a first-round buy. Eagles already have uh, the first-round buy in the NFC, but uh, Vikes playing for that second one. And uh, do you do you like anybody here uh, on the Vikings side, or do you think uh, – I mean, the Bears have this kind of a sneaky defense where, you know, uh, you don't realize – that they're pretty decent when it comes to uh, playing defense. I mean, any of these guys like Thielen or uh, or Diggs? Yeah, this is kind of a game that I have been avoiding. Mm-hmm. I just 
I, I've been tinkering with my DFS lineup a little bit, and it never even crosses my mind to take mm-hmm. any of these guys. Like you mentioned, the Bears' defense has been a little bit more sneaky this mm-hmm. year than mm-hmm. people have realized. Uh, and then, you know, I just don't know how much the Vikings are going to have to do. I think it's a low-scoring divisional matchup here. I uh, don't think Case Keenum does much. Could see some Latavius Murray, some Jarek McKinnon, but overall, it's it's been a game I'm avoiding. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on the Bears side, Jordan Howard, tough matchup against the Vikings yes. defense. You don't want to ever use any of the Bears uh, passing attack <laughs> options either. So right. it's really just been a game that I'm avoiding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, tough uh, run defenses on both sides. Like you mentioned, Jordan Howard against the Vikes, who have allowed the uh, third fewest fantasy points per game in PPR to running backs. And on the other side, you, you know, you might have a think about using a, a Latavius Murray or Jarek McKinnon, but uh, Bears eighth fewest fantasy points per game also in PPR to running backs. So the interesting uh, part doesn't really affect this game, though, is uh, Sam Bradford expected uh, to be practicing next week and come off the IR. Teddy uh, Bridgewater's already seen his first action, but this is Case Keenum's, I'm glad to say. <laughs> it's, it's Case Keenum's team. Uh, nice story in the NFL. Uh, and the Vikes, like I said, have a chance to get that first round by. Uh, if they win, uh, they could clinch it, but they also could do it if they don't win and then other options here, other games. There's just too many to go over. But um, Cowboys, Eagles, no one's playing for anything here. But uh, my question to you is. You know, with Nick Foles, he had a very good game uh, against the Giants. Not so, uh, didn't look as effective against the Raiders. I mean, you know, it was very, very cold. <laughs> so you take that into consideration too. But do you think that maybe the Eagles might be more apt to play their regulars at least for a half, just so that you know uh, Foles gets a, a more accustomed to playing within this offense? Yeah, I, I do think that they. They do that, and Doug Peterson has already come out and said that the starters are going to play, but we're going to be very smart about Mm -hmm. how much they play. So that tells you right now they're not playing the entire game, but I think based on what we've seen from Foles is one really good performance and one very, very bad performance is that they need to get him on the right page with some of their receivers. So I think we'll see them for maybe a half Mm -hmm. in this game. Um, On the Cowboys' side of the football you said that they're not really playing for anything, and I agree they're not. I mean, if they win this game, they'll end up 9-7. and seven. Overall, a very up-and-down year for the Dallas Cowboys. A lot of controversy sure. uh, revolving around them. But Ezekiel Elliott is 120 yards away from 1,000 yards. So mm-hmm. I think that's something that he's okay, going to yeah. be gunning for. Eagles uh, are tough against the run. They have been tough against the run. Mm-hmm. But, again, I wonder if maybe they take some of their starters yeah. out at halftime and then mm-hmm. you know we have Ezekiel Elliott playing against second-string, maybe third-string mm-hmm. uh, defensive players. So... He is a guy that I'm kind of looking at this week, and I think is is very sneaky. Great, pl- uh, great point. Yeah, uh, you know what's crazy, Joe? He missed six games this year. <laughs> He's RB ten in standard. Wow, that's, that's it. it's just crazy to me. He has more fantasy points than Carlos Hyde, Lamar Miller, C.J. Anderson. Who have all played fifteen games? Mm. And those he th- played nine. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me when you mention those three names, though. Yeah, th- I mean, those yeah. are the, like three guys that are directly behind him. So that kind of tells you how bad the running back position has been. Yeah. He has more fantasy points than Devontae Freeman. Mm-hmm. Freeman has four more games played than Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, that's why we, when we were talking about Lamar Miller, you kind of like you mentioned that he's kind of steady, but uh, and you basically you know what his floor is. There's no and, upside. No upside, but. The fact that you have a, a running back who could play 16 games is a bonus these days, as, you know, especially this season. Uh, let's see, Zeke seven touchdowns on the on the year rushing and two receiving. Um, 
we're going to go ahead to commercial soon, but uh, Chargers at Raiders. Chargers playing for a wild card berth. Uh, Raiders have beaten the Chargers in four of the last five, uh, but the Chargers beat the Raiders 17-16 this season. Prior to that, they had lost four straight to them. Melvin Gordon has an ankle issue, likely to play, but could be a game-time decision. Uh, If he doesn't play, I guess it would be Brandon Oliver, right? That's what they're saying? Yep, they've already come out and said that. Uh, So... Again, if you're playing in Week 17 and you have Melvin Gordon on your roster, just make sure you have Brandon Oliver in case yeah. Melvin Gordon, for whatever you reason, slip if, him he's, into that lineup, if uh, he's going through yeah. warm-ups and he re-injures his ankle or something like that, you have Brandon Oliver ready. They already said he would assume that Melvin Gordon role if Melvin Gordon can't go. But I think he is going to go. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah, it sounds like he will. I don't know how useful he is going to be in that game, but... Again, we mentioned this is one of the must-win games this weekend. The mm-hmm. Chargers are, are trying to get in the playoffs, so I think you you know fire up Keenan Allen. Mm-hmm. I think you fire up Antonio Gates, who's coming off a big game. Yeah, 80, no Hunter, 80 remember, yards no and Hunter a Henry on the IR. He's been on the IR the past couple of weeks. Yep. So I'm trusting Keenan Allen. I'm trusting Antonio Gates this week. And you're trusting Rivers. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Chargers are in. If the Chargers win, Titans lose. And the Ravens winner tie. I mean, they just. So I think Marshawn Lynch is sneaky yeah. too. On the other side, mm-hmm. Chargers have given up a yeah, lot he's, of big he's plays. He's come on backs. the past several weeks. He has. Yeah. All right. When we come back, we'll wrap up the show. A uh, couple more games. Let's see how many we can get to. Uh, we'll be back with more on the weekend fantasy update. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Boston bringing us back in here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network weekend fantasy update. We didn't have a chance to talk uh, baseball, but uh, Al Melchior coming up next. Fan rag, fantasy baseball. You got Joe Galina. You've got Frankie Cheek Stanley. You've got Pete Considori producing our show for the last few minutes. Uh, let's try to get in as much as we can, Frank. Uh, Seahawks, Cardinals could be Larry Fitzgerald's last game. And uh, if, he, if he decides to retire, uh, do you like him? Please don't. Please don't retire, Larry Fitz. <laughs> Just another year where he outperforms what people thought he was going to do. Uh, at top 10 wide receiver in PPR this year. Three straight seasons with over 100 receptions. Joe, this guy's not yeah. done yet. Yeah. So I, I want to see him come back. As for this week, yeah, I'm trusting him. He's mm. done it all year long, especially if you play in a PPR format. Seahawks beat the Cardinals and Atlanta loses to Carolina. The Seahawks are in. So. I, you know what's <laughs> so annoying to me? is that the Seahawks are going to find a way to fall in. It's going to happen. I know it. There's a well, few teams that things always break right for, and the Seahawks are one of them. One guy uh, I'm in on, Russell Wilson, in uh, his last four, uh, nine touchdowns, zero interception, big games, 350 passing yards, four touchdowns. Uh, and they also played to a 6-6 tie uh 
against the Cardinals. So he's had some success against the Cardinals in the past. Um, I actually have him in my DFS lineup. Good, so good. he is like he's my quarterback. We know that the Seahawks have a lot to play for mm-hmm. here. And they have no running game. So yeah. I think it's going to be all Russell Wilson. Broncos versus the Chiefs. Chiefs are not playing for anything. Uh, Paxton Lynch is going to start for the Broncos. Uh, Manuel Sanders out. Uh, you know, Demarius Thomas, probably a decent player, I would think. Uh, don't wanna, even in a good matchup against the Chiefs secondary, no. I don't want to trust him with Paxton Lynch in there. Patrick Mahomes is going to be quarterback for the Chiefs. I'm That's excited fun. to see this. Yes. It's going to be fun. Looked good in preseason. Could this be a preview of 2018? Uh, I mean, you look at this guy's college numbers, 8.3 yards per pass attempt, 93 touchdowns, 29 interceptions, career 152 passer rating uh, for a pretty good program, right? Texas Tech, I mean, the Texas knows it's football, right? Uh, so interesting to see what he'll do. A lot of uh, players sitting out for the Chiefs, right? But uh, Demarcus Robinson, Demetrius Harris, wide receivers. Uh, I don't know if I'd put them in a DFS lineup, but it'll be interesting to see how he connects with them. Yeah, this is actually a quote from Derek Johnson regarding Patrick Mahomes. And he says, I'm pretty good at reading the quarterback, but there's times out there where I'm like trying to bait him and he's clearly baiting me mm. and I'm like this isn't even your offense <laughs> so I mean that that is a veteran in Derek Johnson who he's talking about on the practice field where they're scrimmaging against Patrick Mahomes and mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes is is kind of duping yeah. a veteran linebacker in Derek Johnson so I'm very excited to see what he can do kind of a little preview uh, for those of you who might own him in dynasty yeah. leagues see what he's going to do tomorrow I think he'll be a popular play for DFS it still is the Broncos, so to me, there's some volatility yeah. there. There's some huge upside. He has uh, rushing potential with his legs, mm-hmm. but I think there's a downside as well. So to me, again, similar to Landry Jones mm-hmm. and other replacement uh, quarterbacks this week, I think he's a tournament play only. Last game, 49ers at Rams. Uh, looks like there's some hope, I guess, for the future for the 49ers. There's right? a Jim- lot of hope. Jimmy Garoppolo, Marquise Goodwin has established himself. Uh, you know, I don't know if you love Carlos Hyde or not, but uh, Matt Breida. But uh, in this particular game, no Todd Gurley, Malcolm Brown. Any interest in him as a running back for the Rams? Yeah, yeah, I think he's very sneaky, especially in DFS. I originally had him in my lineup, uh, but I kind of pivoted off of him. But if you do need to save some salary, I think he's going to see some work here. Uh, Sean Mannion, of all the replacements and quarterbacks, he's the one I like the least. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think we see some Josh Reynolds there at wide receiver, maybe some Farrow Cooper as well. Uh, But don't really like much on the Rams side. Keep it going with Jimmy G, man. (laughs) Keep throwing him out there and and Marquise Goodwin. Absolutely. Happy New Year to everyone out there. Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy Week 17 in the NFL. We'll be back next weekend with more Weekend Fantasy Update. Have a good one.